This is a test of the Bounty Park Alert System. I'm just here with the uh, captain, T-Bomb Terry Whaley. How you doing, mate? All good, all good this week. So, what do you think then? Should Tomo get the job? Well, he's, he's not put a foot wrong, in my opinion. I'm, I know we've had a couple of bad performances, but uh, we've not lost. So, uh, for me, I'd, I'd give it him till the end of the year, 100%. You don't fancy Mickey Mellon, because he's been touted very heavily, isn't he? I'm not, I'm not sure, to be fair. I mean, anyone who comes in, I'll back him. Of course I will, but... Uh, I'd, I don't know enough about management at this level to, to comment on it. I've heard there's a rumour that Bradford are interested in Neil Redfern, uh, and after today, he's sort of going to give the board an ultimatum, give me the job, give me and Tom all the job, or I'm going to Bradford. Do you think that'd be a massive loss if Tom all went with him? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, I, like I said, I'd give it them to definitely till the end of the season. They've, they've done well. Um, hopefully we get a good performance today, three points, and then, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the job's theirs. Does. What's the score today going to be, Tess? I fancy a 3-1 win today. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Cheers. Hi, what's your name, please, pal? James Taylor. Hi, James. You're meeting the sexy Dave Bradley for the fans only. You were uh, eyeing me up in the corner over there. It's fair enough. So, what, what do you think? Do you think Tom should get the job? Uh, I think it depends how we play today. It's still unbeaten in five, it still depends. I think if it's a, a good performance and a win today, then yeah, but after the last three, with three iffy performances and a win in two draws, then I'm not so sure at the moment. What would you take three iffy performances and four and potentially five points? Uh, potentially, but I think long term, we had the bounce with the first two. I thought we were very good in the both York and Oxford, but since then, I'm not, I'm not so sure. We're, we're good in the first half, but we seem to run out of steam a bit in the second. But do you think that's just fitness and not having enough squad depth rather than managerial ability? Potentially. It's, it's, also, it's also been Saturday Tuesday, hasn't it? So yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You can, you can, there's lots of arguments either way, but I think, what we've got, 11, 11 games, 12 games into the season now. Yeah. That we, should, we should be fit, or our, our team fit by now. Yeah, we should be. I just don't think the squad's deep enough in my opinion but you know he's unbeaten in five he could be unbeaten in six today what score do you think it'll be today well Dagenham haven't been greatest but they tend to concede late on from what I've what I've seen recently uh, hoping for 2-0 one in each half comfortable each half yeah yeah good second half performance is what yeah, we need in it yeah. thanks mate cheers Hello and welcome to the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean. I might have to press mute a few times. I've been doing a good impression. If you remember the Fast Show, do you remember Bob Fleming on the Fast Show he used to break into fits of coughing and, uh, and, and coughing up phlegm? Uh, I've been a bit like that this morning, so forgive me. I'm going to do my best, but I'm not hungover and I'm, I've made the 11.30 call, Andy, so um, it's all good. <laughs> it's just a bit, just a, just a bit of a, a bit of um, infection in my, in, my, in my system, but I'm, other than that, I'm very well. How are you, Andy? Yeah, I, I'm fine. Uh, it's nice to start on time today, Matt. Nice for you, nice to see you, and bright and early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good day yesterday. It was a beautiful day in Oldham yesterday. We've got to give a shout-out to the Greyhound pub. Um, in Royton because that was absolutely lovely before and after the game yesterday sat in the beer garden and it's, it's, a, it's a nice pub that's a lovely little pub uh, so I had a nice time there then went to um, Friends restaurant on Ashton Road which is uh, like a takeaway but you can eat in really good food over there lamb chops and kebabs and all that kind of stuff uh, and then that was I was home at a very sort of sensible hour early-ish night all good fired up to talk about Latics today Andy did you yeah. um, did you get to see the game yesterday at all or no? Uh, I, I'm I'm not one of those VPN streamer people. Uh, no. I, I can uh, I, I'm not really bothered. I've I've watched all the midweek games recently, so yeah. um, so I've seen most of the games. But I, I I caught a bit of the commentary yesterday. But I was uh, chasing my kids around the garden most of the day because, like, <laughs> it was a lovely warm day. So um, well, don't worry, you're in good hands because I saw the game and so did our fan guest. So let's let's find out about a little bit about them, shall we? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, presuming you, you you should know the questions coming here. Um, when was your first game? 
Um, November 97, uh, Brentford at home, 1 1. So was that uh, was that the first the first year we were beginning our twenty one years in League One? It was yeah. Very, <laughs> I sat in the um, main stand up. I think I think we had the blue and red uh, home kit at the time. You know with the the, the stripes across that that horrible hooped pony kit. Which yeah yeah. Kit. I hated that kit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we had. Um, one one draw. I think it was like November time, freezing cold. Um, and I just kind of like been going since then, really. Uh, been at stages of going week in, week out, and then prolonged absences, and then week in, week out again. And yeah, who, who was your um, who's your first favorite player? Like Carlo Corazon. <laughs> I have no idea why he wasn't all that great looking back. Um, but you know, I just uh, I absolutely loved him. He was my favorite player for a couple of seasons, and yeah, um, I, I loved him. Yeah, yeah, four goals against uh, Wrexham. Um, what's your lat- What's your favourite Latics-related memory? So I debated this for a while because I knew this question was coming, and this, the, the obvious ones like Forest away in the cup, where we we turn into like prime Barca for ten or fifteen minutes. But I think um, West Ham away in the League Cup two thousand and two. Oh, scored the winner, didn't he? Corazin scored the winner. Um, yeah. I was still in school. Uh, me and my mate Gaz went down with his dad. Uh, we picked up a West Ham fan on the way, um, one of his dad's mates, and we, it was kids in for a quid. Um, so two days off school, um, and we won one nil. And I was looking at, funnily enough, their team. Just having a look the other day, and they had some. They had Carrick in there, Joel Cole, um, Ferdinand, David, David James in there. Now Ferdinand, he didn't play. Right. Um, Titi Kamara up front with Default. And we were still unbeaten then away from home um, in November, Dowie season. So yeah. I think I think overall there has been some class ones, Liverpool at home, Forest away. But I think that West Ham one was was my yeah, best. Yeah, good one. Yeah, uh, and uh, tell us a little no, little unknown fact about yourself. Um, I appeared on the Beckham story that was on ITV One. Did you? Yeah, and it's in quite, what context? Oh, it's quite embarrassing, mate. It's I, I was very young. I think I must have been about eleven. I was quite impressionable, and um, my mate was like, "Victoria Beckham's going Wolves today in Oldham." I was like, "Yeah." Like I, I had a bit of a thing for Victoria Beckham at eleven years old. I was like, "Come on, then we'll go." He's like, "David Beckham's going to be there," you know. I was like, "No, no chance. David Beckham's not going to be there." Mate's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick this on United shirt. Passes me United shirt." So anyway, I thought, yeah. So stuck it on. Gets there, and um. It's just the camera just pans and just stops on my face for like <laughs> twenty seconds, and then just pans away. And when it when it was aired on um, ITV, I can remember the landline just went off its head. Everyone falling. Just you know, you're having on on Beckham's story. Beckham, and I was like, oh, I'll never live that down. But yeah, it's on YouTube now. You can still see it on there now. Right, we'll, uh, we'll we'll dig that out and tweet it. <laughs> So, this this morning's uh, guest is Aaron West. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah, welcome, Aaron. Nice to have you on, mate. You were uh, you were telling me just before we we started recording that you took your daughter to the match yesterday for her first experience at Latics at three years old. So she'll do well to remember that one when she's uh, mm. when she's on the pod in a. Uh, 20 years time yeah, won't yeah. she uh <laughs> remembering that but uh you'll remember it won't you it's been a nice experience for you yeah bringing her along. she enjoyed herself did she absolutely loved it she got um i was showing her the kits online throughout the week and she, she went for the pink one and uh she's still wearing it now but uh she's gone to um is it sea world at the trafford center this morning with her mum and she's uh she's gone wearing her autumn shirt that she had on yesterday so Hopefully, we've got another fan there. Yeah, hopefully. So let's talk about the game. So there's, I think there's, um, there's obviously there's two things. There's two elephants in the room: an Asian elephant and an African elephant in the room. At the minute, it's one of them is uh, is the players, and are the players good enough? And the other one is the manager, and not. I'm not no issue with Steve Thompson, but who is going to be the next manager, and when is that going to be announced? Because these are two things that really uh, are going to define the season. This is a test 
of the Boundary Park Alert System. Steve, Boundary Park Alert System. You, you look a bit angry after that result today, is it fair to say? Yeah, I'm disappointed, to be honest with you, because everything we tell, everything we tell them, we, do, we, we leave no stone unturned. We do our own work on Dagenham. We tell them how to play. We, we try and play to a shape that suits us. We get into a shape when, we, when we're out of possession. Um, it just it just disappoints me sometimes that we it ends up like a basketball match that you get into the final third, you don't make the right decisions and then we're running 40, 50 yards back. Um, so yeah, it's I'm I'm a front foot, handle the ball, legs in the team, go and affect it. That's what I want and and I said before, you know, we, we need they need a little bit of a boost these lads to bring players in because they're they're a good bunch. They, I've said this from day one, they gave you everything. But the pleasing thing today, a set play that we worked on worked, but we shouldn't be, you know, we, when we get one, we've got to go for two, we've got to go for three. And it's not sitting back, I just think it's ball retention and our mentality to, if it's working, don't change it, instead of dropping back off and we've got to change that, me and Redders. In terms of, the, you, you've alluded to the fact you wanted to bring three or four players in, that that's what you think it needs. Is it the midfield area that you're most concerned about? I think it's, it's all around, you know, he, he, in a midfield, sometimes you need a workhorse in there. One can hit the box, or someone can handle the ball. That's what you know. I, when I see these players here, I'm not one for big lads who want to tear up. I want someone who can handle the ball, who can create, who can score goals, who can see a pass. That's the sort of midfielder I want. It's like a young Neil Redfern or a young Steve Thompson, then. Well, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's, everybody's different. They all people want certain players. We, I know what sort of player I want in midfield, and I'm not. It's not just the midfield; it's all round. You know, if, if I think that what we've got to do, if someone's better than what we've got, we've got to try and get them. You know, and it's all round the pitch, and they've got to bring something to the table because at the moment they give us everything, but we're just lacking that little bit of quality. Is it is it is it fair to say it's difficult to recruit at the moment with the with the managerial vacancy still live, and is it is it sort of recruitment on hold at the moment? Well, it can't be on all because you know you can't just stop recruiting because the scouts will go and find work elsewhere. So um, the scouts, I've sent the scouts out Tuesdays, Saturdays, just making notes of what we can get. Um, you know, everybody's different. What sort of players we want in there? So the remit at the moment is that whatever happens with the manager's job, that we've got players there, are they suitable for us? And that's to take the them forward. And we've got Alchingham coming up this week. We're still unbeaten, so it's still a positive, isn't it? You know, from where we were to where we are now. What, what, are you, what are you going to be anticipating for that game? Local derby. Local derby. We'll be up for it. We'll, we'll get a week training into the legs. Um, probably give them Monday off just to charge the batteries. Tuesday, we'll come in there. We've had a, a good open conversation with all the players in there. Uh, me and Redder's expectations, because you've got staff in there who want to express it express themselves, don't play with fear, don't play with fear because that's the last thing that we expect. If you're going to make a mistake, do it the right way and then get back after it. So I'm frustrated today, I'm frustrated today because I see glimpses of what we do and then I see a side where we, we just sit back and we can't get the ball we, and we're kicking it anywhere and, and that's what's frustrated me today. Well, thanks very much, Steve. Thank right. you. This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. We could talk a bit about the game yesterday, but it was basically, if you want, if you saw the Kidderminster game, the Wheelstone game, or the Maiden game, it's, it's kind of similar. I think the, the difference is, is that we, we kind of got going yesterday against Maidstone in, in patches, but it was all just so predictable. Um, they were they were inevitably going to equalise and score. We, we, I don't I don't really think we got going any great. Um, distance yesterday, I thought we were poor and I thought that we made it far too easy for, for Dagenham and Redbridge, they look really really good but, uh, and, and I'm, I, same with Maystone, this is two teams that are down the bottom of the table, fair enough with Wheelstone at home because we know Wheelstone can knock it about a bit and stuff but Dagenham haven't, haven't won in five games alright they didn't win yesterday but they're number nine and they're number seven. Absolutely ran us to pieces. Um, to, uh, based on that performance yesterday, what's it called? Effingong or something. I'd get rid of Nuttall and, uh, and Fondop and get him in because he was absolutely fantastic in that role of, of the big striker 
put himself about. He was all over that front line from left to right in the middle, crossing the ball, getting on the end of things. Absolute pain in the ass for our defenders. Thought Will Sutton uh, was our man of the match. I thought he handled him pretty well. I thought he, he was the one player on the pitch who, 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 who did well in his personal battles. But that's the main point I wanted to talk about was personal battles yesterday on the pitch. I thought that too many of our players lost their personal battles on the pitch and, and uh, we didn't earn the right to play. And it was really, really frustrating because it was the same against Maidstone. Um, and it was inevitable that yesterday that, that we weren't going to win the game. It we came very close at the end. Uh, their their keeper, the one that he got down to uh, save at his, his right-hand post, uh, was an absolutely brilliant save. But they, they turned it on like, you know, they got a little bit of uh, a little bit of energy in the last five minutes uh, or in the injury time and, and went for it. But, like, it was incredibly frustrating to watch. Um, so... Aaron, as the fan guest and as somebody who went yesterday, are these performances are they on the players? Is it is it all down to them or, or what? I think I think it's a difficult one. I think a lot of it is 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 on the players. Um like you say, I think we started off really well yesterday, got the early goal, well worked goal as well. And then when when that goal went in, I actually thought, right, come on now, step step on them, get another goal before half time. And it's game over pretty much. Two 0 up at half time, um, but we didn't. We, we we scored and we we sat back and we stopped playing and we didn't go for the jugular. They came at us. They was playing a lot of the. And, and, I mean, in the first half, my daughter got a bit upset, so we moved from from where the athletic clothes were to the to the family stand, and I was attending to her a lot. But every time I did look up at the at the pitch, the ball was in our half near near our net. They was coming forward to us. Um, so, from what I've seen in the first half, you, you described it well. Like I say we, we set up well, but the second half was just a continuation of of what happened after we scored. They was on top. That, like you say, the goal was inevitably going to come, and it did. Uh, they, they quite quickly could have scored another straight after as well, um, but we had the chances at the end. I, I'd say I'd say we was probably the better team for the first fifteen minutes and the last fifteen minutes, um, but that middle sixty minute period. Um, there, there was a lot better than us. For me, that the midfield gets cut through too easy. Um, it's, it gets bypassed. The defence backpedalling, backpedalling, backpedalling. Uh, no one's going in and, and making the challenge. Um, I, I think we actually get we've we've got personnel that are that are good. I think a few players get stick that don't deserve it. Sutton, I don't think he deserves it. I agree. Great game yesterday. He's not a right back, but he's growing into that role game on game. He's getting much more competent. Um, but I think we, we, we with our personnel at start, we 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 struggle. We, we we have some that are going to be suited to a wider game, like to get a wide green, for example. And we have more that would be better if we played a little bit narrower. Um, and it's kind of we 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 caught between two styles. Um, and yesterday, Norwood in the second half, he, he was out on the left and he put a, a ball into the box and it bobbled down and it bounced into a space where nobody was. And the keeper came and got it and cleared it. I said to the bloke next to me, I said, this is one of the problems we have. Norwood's getting dragged out of position. And where that ball landed is where you want James Norwood. If, if, if he's there, when that lands there, he scores. We're, we're in front. Um, so I think what we need to do, whoever the new the new manager is, is that the midfield is a is a priority. We need to try something different and and, and get a way of playing that that's like an identity for us because I think we're caught in between two styles. I think one of the real sort of frustrating things is that when you look at the bench, you've nothing to change anything significantly. You know, like yesterday we had three strikers on the bench. Um, and then we had uh, who else? Shelton and the goalkeeper. So we only had Shelton to come on as an option. So the the squad isn't as deep and balanced as it should be, as it needs to be. We've talked about it, Andy, before about the recruitment. You know, there was obviously, you know, Unsworth was was responsible. He's the manager. Um, he had Steve Thompson in on his team. We've we discussed it before. It's a team. It's a team decision, team effort. But people are going to get to call the shots, aren't they? It's always put, someone's going to be able to pull rank here and pull rank there, and that kind of stuff. Ultimately, you'd assume it's on the manager. So 
we're left with a squad that that I guess that Unsworth assembled in you know taking responsibility for it ultimately. Um, we heard the interview with Steve Thompson yesterday, and he's talking about us needing three or four players. I think we've already <laughs> established that that's the case on on the podcast. Andy, is it time for the for the board of directors to make a decision on the manager and and get it get it done and dusted now? Because six games, no defeats. Steve Thompson knows the squad. He knows what we need. He knows the club. The fans like him. Is it time to give it to Steve Thompson or 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 to just say thanks very much, Steve? You've done a great job. Bring somebody else in. Do not think it either or. We're getting to push our shove time. Well, we definitely are. They're going to have to make a decision soon because you can't let it continue sort of dragging on because it will it'll affect everybody if they haven't got any certainty. So, yeah, but I mean, if you come back to some of those points that, you know, you just made, um, recruitment over the summer, yeah, it's a, yeah, I agree with you, obviously, David Unsworth would have had a final say on anything. And, and we know, we, we know, don't we, that um, he, he, even without sort of, uh, suggesting things that we might be uh, might be aware of that is not public knowledge. You, you know that certain players were fancied by Steve Thompson and other players were fancied by David Unsworth, and there was a little bit of friction there. It was kind of obvious for everyone to see, and, and a little bit of positive friction is there's no it's no bad thing. You don't everyone just be yes men. You want people to debate and and reason and then come up with the right structure. But um, you know some of the players that have been brought in are, are self evidently now after enough time not good enough. Um, and so, therefore, recruitment has sort of failed over the summer. They haven't got the squad balanced properly. Um, if they were recruiting for a system, I'm still not entirely certain what that was, whether it was 3-5-2 or 4-3-3 or what. Um, and Steve Thompson's alluded to it in his in his recent interview by saying they need three or four more players, that they also can't keep changing the system because they, they're tinkering. I mean, I, don't, I didn't see the game yesterday, so you guys can tell me what formations we moved in and out of. But, you know, the... At the Maidenhead away game, we played three formations in that game uh, for at various points, and in midweek against um, who to play midweek? Not Dagenham. Who did we play midweek? Yeah, Maidenhead. Oh, Maidenhead in week. Uh, no, Maidenhead was. Oh, sorry. Who did we play away the other day then? Um, Wheelstone. Wheelstone. Sorry. So yeah, <laughs> all these, all these, uh, all these part-time Southern legends <laughs> mixing together for me. So yeah, Wheelstone. We played three formations uh, in the game, and, and Maidenhead we played a couple. So he, he, he cannot balance the, the resource he's got and make it work, um, which tells you that it's deficient, doesn't it? Because he just can't get anything out of it. And, and it almost doesn't really matter to a degree um, who they appoint as manager because they're going to need to sort out, they're going to need to sort out recruitment. And, and I'm not sure who's the best to do that. So your options are, the obvious options at the minute are go with Mickey Mellon because he's the only experienced manager at this level who's available um, go with him or you stick with what you've got or you go with something entirely sort of left field. So you go with um, someone who hasn't necessarily got experience in this division but has interviewed well. And I guess the, the, the thing that I'm sort of happy for them to do is is if they're interviewing properly, they're recruited based on recommendation last time. It was a hand-picked recruitment. On face value, it was it was fine. It failed. So now they're going through a rigorous interview process, first, second interviews, um, narrowing it down and then making an appointment. So th that's going to take a series of weeks. But I imagine they're coming close to the end of that now. I mean, there is a rumour that was flying around on on social media last night that Frank Bunn's name has been thrown out there. I don't know how much veracity there is to that particular rumour. There's always rumours, isn't there? And they're, yeah. they're mostly false. So Yeah, they are. Yeah, there's a lot of other names I've seen. I mean, I just for, for, I'm at the point now where I think... I don't want to get. I don't give it to Mickey Mellon. I don't think Mickey Mellon is the future of this football club. Um, I think the, the the manager that that we. I mean, think about it between now and the start of next season, or back the, now and the end of this season. Uh, by the end of this season, how many managers are going to come and go and change and be, be out of work and all that kind of stuff? The fact that they've left the manager Steve Thompson in this position for six games, he's not been beaten. Um, he's brought in Neil Redfern, so it's a good, it's a good team, good man, a, a good combination of of, of 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 experience. They know what they need. I think just give them the job until the end of the season, and then take it from there. I think they can see what's available come the end of the season. They can take the time. They can they can work with um, Steve Thompson to say, right, let's bring in 
the players, a number of players now to, and then if he's done, if he does really well, he can keep the job. If he doesn't, he can bring somebody else in. And but you've not disrupted um, the season to to the extent where you know everybody's. I mean, everybody's playing for the players anyway. But like the, the new manager has to come in, he has to get to know people, he has to get to know his players. I think there's more chance of it being disruptive than than than. Um, than having some good continue. Uh, well, you've you've also got the issue, haven't you, of um, of budget. I mean, let's let's be clear here, right? Yeah. Um, we know that we are spending more than we're probably almost certainly going to make a loss this season anyway, and that's money that the Rothwell family have budgeted to lose to <laughs> try and get us into the football league. That that is not that that tap has to get turned off at some stage. You cannot just continually throw money at it all the time. So we may have a budgetary problem, which is that you have to move players out before you can move players in. So, you know, I I think where I get to on it is I'm already sort of resetting my expectations or hopes, probably a better word, for this season, which is if we can sneak into the top seven and have a pop, great. But I don't expect us to any longer. I don't think we're good enough. You know, if you look at at the last few games... um, so the last, since Steve Thompson's um, come in, we've played 23rd, 22nd, 21st, 20th, 17th and 15th in the table and we're 12th. So every team that we've played on this run of two wins and three draws are right near the bottom of the league and we're barely able to compete with them, truth be known. You know, that Kidderminster game was... You know, we were under the cosh for most of it. And the following three draws we had, same, we're in, we're in it for 10, 15 minutes. And then we just literally lose all idea and get completely overrun by our opposition. I think that's indicative of the, the squad isn't good enough. So, so, so Aaron, then, with, you know, in with that point, can somebody else come in and get more out of what we've got? Or, you know, is it, is it a management thing? Or is it down to the players... You know, yesterday, Dagenham, Maidenhead, uh, Dorkin, these teams come up to Boundary Park. It's the biggest game of the season. You know, us and Chesterfield are the two, the, the two, you know, proper stadiums with proper crowds, you know, like with all the history and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm sure that it raises their game an extra 10%. So, our players know all the all the big clubs in all the big in all the all the leagues around the world know that that's the case when when club teams come to them. So they have to up the game. They have the first thing you have to do is you have to earn the right to play the game. You have to match up. You have to do all that. So is it is it possible that another manager can come in and 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 get that out of the players, or are the players not I taking think, responsibility um, themselves, or what? I, th- I think it's definitely possible for another manager to come in and um, and, and maybe get get more out of them. Uh, whether or not they, they do or not is 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 another thing. Because what one thing I will say is, if, if another manager comes in and he does change it up and he does try something different, and we lose two on the bounce because he's trying something different, because when you experiment, there's no guarantees that you're going to get the, the results that you want from that experiment. So if he, if, he, if he comes in and we lose two on the bounce because he's tried something new, you, you know what it'll be like from the terraces. It'll be it'll be toxic quite quickly um if a new manager comes in and changes it and it and it it, it works then great um but i'm i'm in the camp of i i personally would give it to uh tom all now till the end of the season keep things as they are so, so they've got a bit of clarity we know we know where we are he can maybe have a bit more time to to get his ideas over because like you say when he's doing his his interviews he's, he's not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes he's saying what everybody's seeing so you, you know that he's identified the problem that that it then comes down to whether he can solve the problem that he's identified and that's where he'll, he will earn his money and that's where any manager will earn the money i don't think um in the time that since uns was left that there's been enough time for him to completely change the style of play or, or there's been there's been no signings of, of new players or anything like that we've been playing saturday tuesday which i don't think has helped in terms of getting his philosophy over or changing but i'm confident a lot more confident when a manager comes out and says what you've seen that they, they, they don't all they don't have to do is follow up and and i and fix the problems that they've identified at least they are identifying the problems that everybody else is um, and they're not kind of like blind to it. They're not coming out saying that they. Um, I mean, how many games under under Unsworth? Um, and fair enough, I I backed Unsworth for a long, long time. 
But how many times did he come out and say we were the better side when we clearly wasn't? And that's what I think fans can get behind. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm in the camp of we'd, I'd I'd give it to Thompson. So the end of the season, see what can get out of the players, get a couple of loan signings in if we can't afford to get any permanents in, um, and and see what, where it goes. But I I agree. I don't think I don't ex- I never really did expect us to be like top of the league. I think a lot of the time, um, as as again not generalising everybody, but we can kind of carry some arrogance. Some people think old enough like national league. Tell the other team not to turn up. The three points are ours. Do you know what I mean? And I think that sometimes does does maybe carry over to some some of the players. We have got a great squad, but I don't think it's as good as what everybody makes out. There's a lot of there's some good teams in here that have had settled squads that have got good players. And on this fact as well, I was thinking the other day, I know a lot about our squad. I could tell you bits about other teams, little bits, one or two players. And some people, you think they'd know every player inside out of the whole league. Are like, these are rubbish. And that's just not the case. You, you know a lot about your own team, but you, you don't really know much about, about other teams. So there is decent players out there. They're not picking, they're not, they're not falling around on a Sunday morning, getting lads together to come, to come and no. play Latics. You know what I mean? They, they've got good, decent, decent squads throughout the division. Well, we've seen it. So we've seen it over and over again that on the day, and and what that means is on your day means when all the players are at it, when everyone's up for it and everyone's giving it 110%, like on an occasion when they come to one of the biggest clubs in the and it's a scalp and they want the part like like they do when they come to Boundary Park. So, so more often than not, teams turn up at Boundary Park and they're on the game. It's a big game for them, it's a big occasion for them, and 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 they can compete. We've seen it on their day, every team in this this league is dangerous, no matter who you are. One thing we I, don't... I, I do say, I would say though, that, um, <coughs> sorry, one thing that frustrates me a little bit, and I've seen it a lot, and I do agree with this, is I, with us being this bigger team in the National League with this decent squad, definitely playoff squad, as it is now, in my opinion, I would expect more teams to come to Boundary Park and try and park the bus, but they're not, they're not coming to park the bus. They're coming and they're, at, they're playing us off the park. And I think if we was on top of teams and you know we've all seen them games where you've battered somebody for for 80 minutes and it's a draw and yeah you're disappointed that it's finished a draw but you've been on top of the game and you know things are going in the right direction it's it is really frustrating when you're being played off the park against what you deceive as much much poorer sides the reason is for that, though, Aaron, is because the clubs are watching us. They're watching the games. They're saying to the if you get on, like we had, was it Mark? Was it Mark White said he spoke to one of the other managers? He said the fans will get on the back if if you if you keep them, you know, if you keep them off the ball, and and so they know how to play us. They know how to play against us. When when yeah. when when that that goal went in um, for, for Dagenham yesterday, for the next five minutes around where I was, you could the atmosphere really really change. Um, and and I, I could feel it, and I was like, "Come on, we, could, we can still win this. It's not it's not game over." You know what I mean? And then a few other things happened. Um, I, I know we spoke about it before we came on, but when Shelton came on again, you've mentioned it on this pod loads of times. But Shelton got booed onto the pitch, and I just don't, I cannot fathom how in that situation you're trying to get the win at home, booing somebody on is. I mean, personally. He, he has not been good enough for us. Let's be honest. No, I'm not saying he's been a break, brilliant signing. Don't boo him. Like I just think it's stupid to boo him when he comes on. And I was thinking about this. I had a job many years ago in sales. And I was based in Oldham at the time. I was really comfy. And I was really good at it. And then I got offered the chance to do the same job in Manchester, which I took because I thought a bit. And I got there. And it was like I'd never done the job before in my entire life. I, just, I physically could not, I don't know what happened. I just wasn't comfy. I didn't fit into the surroundings. And quite swiftly, I moved on. And I think maybe that that potentially is what best for Shelton. He might just not have fitted. It is obviously, he's got some talent to be at the level that he's at. And I just don't agree with him being booed onto the pitch. And it, it, Well, it yesterday, wasn't. at least at least the substitution yesterday was shearing off and shelting off, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, which, and, you know, I, that, that deserved a cheer, I think, <laughs> yeah, rather than yeah. a boo, because it was like, well, at least it's not the two of them in together. <laughs> really, like, Sheridan Sh- didn't have a good game yesterday. He didn't, he, 
you know, and and, and that's not singling him out. I'm just saying he, he very rarely gets taken off the pitch, Sharon. You know, uh, Shelton came on again, difficult position to come in and and and, and take control of. Lundstrom didn't really, you know, again we got to give him time, but he didn't really, you know. Affect the game in the way that we're, we're hoping to see. Green was very, very quiet again. Dickinson was quiet yesterday compared to w- what we've come to expect from him. So, you know, and then Reed and, and, and Norwood, it's like potentially could be a good combination, but it didn't really work yesterday. I mean, so all over the pitch, it was just. But you got you got go through some of these players, right? This this is part of the issue, right? Alex Reed is celebrated like um like like he's a cult hero, right? Get, gets gets all the likes because of his social media profile and everyone claps him and cheers him and that sort of stuff. And he's done well recently because he's got an eye for goal when he co- he comes alive in that sort of 18-yard box. But he does literally nothing else. <laughs> he cannot hold it up. He doesn't lay it off. He doesn't pass the ball. He doesn't. He's he has what he's only got one attribute. And I remember. And you know what, Andy? He had a chance yesterday on his right foot in the first half. He should have scored. Uh, and if he scores that, then I don't really care. We don't care too much about the other stuff, do we? He's got he's got to be the guy who's, who's getting the, you the twenty goals a season. It's exactly the same argument about Fondop last year. When I don't I don't think Fondop's good enough, right? And I think I don't think C. Thompson does either. He's had he's not even been on the bench for the last four weeks. He brought him on yesterday because. He's just throwing now any dice he can, I think, Steve Thompson. He's like, I've tried that one. I've tried that one. That's not worked. So I'm going to get Fondock back and throw him on and just a bit of energy and see what happens. Mm-hmm. That is demonstrative that he's that he's just as we've got, he's run out of ideas because we haven't got enough um, people to affect it. But Fondock was scored, went on a decent run last year, scoring some goals. But he's got to score every week because a lot of his other play probably isn't up to what well, I think Alex Reed is exactly the same boat. You can kind of see why um, David Unsworth didn't fancy him because he wasn't really doing, he, he, if he doesn't score in a game, he does nothing else. Then you look around, the, it's the same with Sheeran and Sheldon. So they run around a lot, you know, and and, and they'll tell us that the, 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 the sort of running stats are some of the highest in the league and they're fit lads. It's not about fitness, Steve Thompson said, or at least he doesn't think it is. Um, but they run around a lot and then give the ball away. So they're running around trying to get the ball that they've just given away. It's just it, it it's it becomes pointless, really. You're gonna to have to get better players in there. So and and green is green is green was all right for in, in spells under David Unsworth when we were really sitting deep and hitting teams on the counter because he was fast and, and that was an asset in that sort of setup. But I, I don't think he's got much else to he's not great at beating a man. He's not um you know, see, you've got we've got loads of players that were carrying in this team. Dick, Dickinson looks tired to me. I thought he was rubbish in the week against Maidenhead. I thought he had a really bad game for him. He's a good player. He always th- looks tired. Though. I don't know what the story is with him. But he always he always seems to sort of like be kind of heavy in in, in the way he runs yeah. and stuff at, at certain points in the game. But I, I, I don't know how James Norwell played yesterday. But he he looked. I mean. He comes from he's comes from a better pedigree. He he's he, you can see you can physically see him getting frustrated with players, particularly in the week I thought against Maidenhead. The first fifteen minutes, I thought Norwood looked class, was showing like he was a cut above everyone else. But he had players not on his wavelength, not making not making the pass or not making the run or not you know not anticipating stuff. And I think he gets frustrated quickly. And and this is possibly unfair of me to say this, but. I'm sort of trying to read his body language and imagining what he's thinking. And sometimes he just thinks, for crying out loud, oh, well, I'm here for the money anyway. So I, th- I, I think there's, a, there's, there's an element of truth. There's an element of truth to that, Andy, I think. But also yesterday, he, he his. I think this thing about what, what Steve Thompson said about mental, about something about the mentality, they weren't, they, they weren't mentally sharp enough yesterday. They weren't, they weren't, um, dealing with things quickly enough, they weren't seeing things quickly enough, like as in seeing the past quickly enough, the touch, and then like uh, Norwood was guilty of this as well, like taking too many touches, not seeing what was on quickly, you know, like just, just too slow in, in reacting to things. And and so I think that there is something of a mentality issue at the club amongst the players or whatever. Um, and at the moment, there isn't this kind of ability to change things up green really should be dropped after the last couple of performances but then it's kind of like well who plays out on the right hand side if you want to play a 4-4-2 we haven't really got anyone you know like that that's that's ultimately the problem he 
creates all kinds of issues defensively because he's not a defensive-minded player at all. So playing him as a right midfielder, he doesn't do any he doesn't do any favours to Will Sutton who's behind him. Um, if he's not affecting the game going forward, then he's just not affecting the game at all. So it's really it's really frustrating because we just don't have. This, this, we, people say that this is squad's good enough. This squad isn't good enough because when you talk about a squad, you're talking about the ability to bring players in, to fill gaps, to to change things around. The squad is unbalanced and it's not got the strength in depth uh, in 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 the right in the key areas. The defense, I think, I'm going to give up some credit to the defense. I think the defense have been playing really well. Uh, Hudson made good saves again yesterday. I thought he did quite well. Um, Hogan as a leader has certainly come on. And this is another point I wanted to make. There's not enough leaders. Again, there's not enough characters on the pitch um, taking the game by the scruff of the neck. Talking about fitness as well, these are professional athletes, right? So they have got all week, every week, to get to stay fit, to push themselves. If they don't feel that their fitness is good enough, they, they, they don't do anything else. Or they, they train and they play football. So if they need to improve their own fitness, improve your own fitness, work harder, stay later, go to the gym, do more running, whatever it is. So the responsibility for fitness is not on the club. It's on them as professional athletes. It's a, it, There is a joint responsibility, obviously, but like ultimately they, ca they can't blame anybody for not being fit enough because that's their job to be fit and ready, right? And then the other thing then is char these characters, leaders on the pitch, affecting the game, taking tough decisions, doing things, bollocking each other motivating each other, leading from the front. It's just not happening. And and obviously they they were accountable for that under Unsworth as much as Unsworth was accountable for what he did and didn't do. And and I think they all need to they you know they all need to sit around and 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 have a have a chat with each other and and and, and figure out what it is that is is holding them back because something, whether it's mental or whatever, is holding them back and we're not seeing the best of them. Um so is it the manager that's is it up to a new manager to come in and to do that? Is it is it Thompson? Like he said, we were just chatting before we started, Aaron. It's the FA Cup next week away at Altrincham in the uh, the round yeah. before the first round, and um, you know he's got a bit of time now. There's no midweek game. You can get him on the grass and, and do some stuff with them. We can't really bring in like a new t another team for next week. You know the way that sometimes you might do because we haven't really got a bit like another team. We've only got like the, what our best team is really. So. But our, our best team is not as good as Alti's best team. Have you seen the well, form? Uh, yeah, they're in they're in great form, aren't they? So it's going to be really, really <laughs> tough next week. Uh, there, Aaron, you were saying that you're not bothered about the FA Cup, but Andy, going back to what you were saying about budgets and obviously improving the squad. I mean, getting to the third round of the FA Cup and getting a good draw is really, really important to try and claw back some of those losses and and and. You know, it's it's it is an important competition. Uh, it's a very very tough game that we've got away at Altrincham, but I'm looking forward to it, mate, because it's a cup game and I love cup games. So, but I, yeah. I would like to see us get to that. Get to, financially, I'd love to see us get into the third round draw because everything helps. We need to improve the squad, and we we could do with the club. <laughs> we could do with the, the squad generating some funds for the owner uh, rather than the uh, the owners having to generate them for themselves, really. Yeah, so that's a good point with the with the um, funds that you can get from the FA Cup. But just going back a second to the Norwood uh, conversation, um, I watched him yesterday. There was a point where he, he he was making a run in the second half, and Hogan had the ball, and he didn't even look in his direction. And I could see in in Norwood's body language, and he was like, "Fuck it, you know." Like he he made the run, and he wasn't even. And then there was. There was a moment in the second half that just kind of like summed up what happens to 20, 30 goal a year strikers at Latics. When Norwood, I don't know if you've seen this, Matt, he had the ball in the box about to shoot and fell over the ball. Mm, yeah. And I said to the ball next to me, I said, that is, that's what happens when Oldham Athletic signed 20 goal season strikers. This is what happens to them here. They, they, they fall over the ball. And I mean, it, it was unfortunate. Um, but going back to what you just said about the FA Cup, um, yeah, it can obviously bring good funds into into the club. It's good prize money for winning, um, especially once you get into the, the, the FA Cup proper. We've had top FA Cup memories, saying it before, Forest, Liverpool, Everton. But for me, I would happily go out next week to Altrincham and focus purely on the league. I, I, I'd be happy for us to go to Alton next week, try a new system 
and and see, see what it does. But I think we've we've touched on it. For me, at the top of the field, we've got a good. We've we've probably got too many forwards in in this squad. We've got too um, many forwards, but we've only scored twenty goals. Yeah, yeah, we've and, we've got and, too many. And 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 if you look at all the teams in the league around us, like Chesterfield have scored thirty six. Um, yeah. Uh, even Gateshead have scored thirty four. Right, so. 20 goals. I mean, to Matt's point, we've only conceded 19, which is, that's two less than Chesterfield who conceded 21. So, probably at the back, we're not as bad as, but, but given all these, the middle of the park. The riches we've got, we just don't create for yeah. them. The create. middle of the park is, is I think, I think we've got a, a, a team, a promotion challenging um, players, for, for defenders, we've got promotion challenging attackers, but we are, weak as piss in the middle of the park and that is going to cause us a problem for the rest of the season regardless of the manager if we cannot change some of the personnel in the middle of the pitch well ultimately it's making the defense work extra hard because they're um, and that's why i've got to give a shout out to them because i think they're dealing with the pressure that they're being put under really well um but and the strikers aren't getting the support they need in terms of the, the quality of the passes that they need and also in terms of the numbers like there was a, there was an incident yesterday um, where the you know like you said before about Norwood being pulled out of position and things like that that the ball dropped in the box. Now, when I used to play midfield, like this is a long time ago now, but you know in my my glory season where I scored twenty one <laughs> goals from midfield. That but that was what that that when the ball dropped in the box after an attacking move as an, as in one of the midfielders, you're busting your gut. You could mm. see what was going to happen. You've got to follow in that ball. It's when you say it your, like that, you when, know what I mean? You've got to be yeah. your intention. I'm getting that. When that ball drops in, I'm, I'm a midfielder. I'm bombing in. I'm going to finish that. I'm scoring that. And that's got to be the, the attitude. And it wasn't there at all. Well, when, when you describe it like that, as you was describing it like that, as a midfield player to come down, what, and obviously this is levels above where I'm at, but straight away in my head, Frank Lampard, Stephen Gerrard just popped into my head like, you're right, the ball drops down in the middle of the box, comes down, bang, they're in, they're on it. Yeah. And I, I know it's it. a lot higher levels than what we're at. But, but it's the same it's thing when, it, when a know? ball bounces in a penalty area. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the same in any penalty area. It doesn't matter. And if it's yeah. time and the space, if you're, if it's all about who's got the most desire to get to the ball first. And like that, so it's that kind of stuff where, the, you know, the, the, it's not... It, I'm trying to think. Dickinson's been scoring for us. Green's got a couple for us. Um, I don't think the defenders have chipped in with many, have they? I'm not too sure. Their goals have all come from the strikers, haven't they? They're not. Which is what... score at Gateshead. Yeah, but there's, 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 there's yeah, a, he did. General, but as yeah, a rule, it's it's there. kind of like spread amongst basically Norwood and Reed, isn't I it? I think as well. It? When you look at our squad, when we have got a lot of players in, I mean, you look at midfield. I know there's a few players out, but we we we. I think it's important that we do shift some because we're in danger on, on, a, on a smaller scale of becoming a little bit like the Chelsea of non-league. We've been 30, 40 players again in the squad. How, how do you keep that, that, them all happy? So I'm, I'm sitting there saying, oh, it's a, it's a, we need a new midfield. I completely understand that. It's just not that easy. I understand that we can't just go and sign another four players and and, and that's it, problem solved. I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to buy, be blind to that. But either way, one way or another, the problem is the midfield and that needs addressing. Well, the, a part of the issue we've got is we've just given uh, Nathan Sheeran an extension on his contract. Like, yeah. I, I'd like to know, I'd like to know if that was an appearance-based thing or whether someone sanctioned that because I think it's madness personally. Because whilst he, he runs around a lot and gets gets stuck in, he, he's got a lot of deficiencies in certain areas which which catches out. And um, so we've given him another year. Um, so there's a financial commitment to him. Um, have we got at least another year, possibly more, on Shelton? So, if you're looking at replacing some of these players in the middle of the park, and Danny Gardner's made of biscuits, right? So, I think yeah, he's out. Can't, for somebody, you can't rely on him, can you? He's yeah. not somebody you can rely on to get you up that that league. So you've got you've got you've got all your central midfielders there. Really, you you, you, need, you could do replacing all of them. Um, you, you've got to shift them out. We we can't do that if no one will take them on. And the other the other risk of trying to sign plays in in the middle of a season like the middle of last season who did we sign in the season we signed Shelton we signed Alex Reed we signed um one or two others maybe during during the middle of the year is you're signing players that all the teams don't want right and and that you, you're not signing players at the end of their contracts who've maybe got options you're not signing in demand players 
Um, so, like, like if you look at Hobson, I mean, what a player he looks like. What a great signing he is. Um, but he had options, and we convinced him that we were the best one. But <laughs> he's probably yeah. I mean, we we, we we signed Joseph Yarny, didn't we, during the season last season, and he yeah. he, he he had an impact. I think you know that there are fines out there. There are, but I think. I think we really need to think, and this is where about like with with with, with Thompson and Redfern now, like however that is they want to play, does that match up with um, I don't know if the you know the club we don't have a director of football, so it is very much on the manager. So their their views of that compared to anybody else who's been interviewed, what do they want? Do we need if we if we brought in a wing back for a right sided wing back and we played? three centre-halves and we played with the two proper wingers and we, we, we had a few more. We've, we've got Dan Ward, we've got Josh Lundstrom, we've got uh, Dickinson. You know, is that is that the easiest way of sort of like recruiting so that we've got a team and a way of playing without having to buy in too many more players? That You could argue that. Two up top, we've got the midfielders. Um, we may, arguably we need more bodies in there so we can, we can put Sharon in there, we can put Gardner in there when he's fit. We've got Lundstrom, Ward, Dickinson, uh, you've got Green to come off the bench uh, as and when maybe you need a bit more pace up front. But I think he is more of an impact player because he's not going to give you consistent 90 minutes week in, week out. And he's definitely not a wing back. Um, but then we fall down if, if if Mark Kitchen has an injury or gets suspended or whatever, because without him, where's our threat? Where's our, where's, where are the deliveries? You know, if, we, if, that, if that was to happen now, the way we've been playing, I've said this exact thing to someone yesterday. If Kitchen was injured or suspended right now, we would carry next to no attacking threat because and we also comes and we also down. wouldn't wouldn't even have a left back. Yeah, <laughs> so you'd, not you'd, only you'd have, rec- you'd have to recall Benny Kuto from Ashton United. Yeah, yeah, we would. We just because we don't have a a, a a left. You know, I'll, I'll be like next thing it'd be like right, Will Sutton, you've done a great job at centre half and right back. It's time to go and play a left back now. You go over there, son. Um, <laughs> and then you know Raglan comes back into the team or whatever. So where is Raglan, by the way? I, I, I know um, I know Hallam Hope's injured, and I know Danny Gardner's injured. But Raglan, we've not heard anything about. What, what's the matter with him? Don't, I don't know why he wasn't on the bench. It seemed like a strange one for me yesterday. I don't know why you would put Fondop and Notall on the bench and not have a defensive have defensive cover. It seemed like a strange one. So yeah, I don't know. I was a bit surprised when when we had no we had three attacking players and no defenders on the bench. He, played, he, he came on at Wheelstone and looked perfectly fine then. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'd like us to um, maybe, and I'm sure they are at some point looking into the loan market because we seem to have gone from from one extreme to another with loans. Um, we had we had a lot um, in in like when we came down from League Two and then um, the, the squad was full of them, and now we have none. Um, I think I, I think. In order to, in, in, like, yeah, I think fair enough. Like, loans can be can be very effective, but in order to come full circle, wrap it up, and get ready for Latte's mind, I think the the key thing is whoever we, the club need to, the manager needs to be confirmed, yeah. <laughs> and then they are, then they're allowed to get on with recruiting extra players, bringing in loans or whatever, bringing in other players. So I think for I think from the you know message to the board now is like it's time to shit or get off the pot give it to Steve Thompson and Neil Redfern until the end of the season or bring a new manager in and let, let's just let's let's move forward like let's let's let what about, decisions what, can be what made what about Leslie Mark Hughes <laughs> uh, no, thanks. I think if it was maybe if it was April the first uh, between the hours of sort of nine o'clock and twelve, then then it might be worth a. I'd, be worth I'd, an I'd give it. I'd, I'd give it. I'd give it to him, and then I'd sack him an hour later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Imagine. No, that, that, that's that's a non-starter. I'd be pissed um, while on ultimate levels. That one. Oh, it? imagine. Talking about talking about the, the, the sort of piss boiling. We need. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly not going on Twitter very much at the minute. I, it's not enjoyable. I've. Like, I can't be bothered looking at it. Um, and like I said, I'm. I'm sort of a, at the point of view like. It's disappointing that we're probably going to blow another season of not being yeah. competitive. Right. That's how I'm feeling about it. It's disappointing. But is it the end of? Is it the end of the world? No, the end of the world was losing my football club altogether. And I still just, I'm still sort of have the warm glow of security wrapped around me where I still think to myself, well, well, you know, the point is like, if, if, if a club's been in turmoil, look at like, you know, how long is it going to take for Scunthorpe and Southend to write themselves from where they've been and, 
and and other clubs. How long how long has it taken? How long does it take Luton to sort of turn the tide on their fall uh, years and years back? Look where they are now. So you, I sort of say to myself, it's going to get better, and it, it's going. I want it to get better soon, but I might have to accept it's not soon. But it will get better one day because it can't not get better yeah. if you have competence behind the scenes which we have now they're going to make mistakes the, the other thing i keep thinking as well is is for the rothwells who are doing this for the first time then this last year has been an enormous learning curve for them right they've learned mm. this year what works and what doesn't work in appointments and structure and recruitment and management and they're going to have learned a lot so this this interview process now even if they get this one wrong right if, if this manager doesn't work out the next one that's good, whoever gets appointed um let's say steve thompson and, and neil redford we don't get into the playoffs then they get to go again and each time incrementally we're going to get better so yes i am still zen <laughs> because it is going to get better and moaning about it and whinging about it all the time. I just don't... I mean, if you want to vent, fine, but I don't think it does anyone any good, you know? I think, yeah, we're look, we, yeah, go on, Aaron. Sorry, mate. I think um, you, you, you've hit the nail on the head. You, don't, you, you know every decision being made at, at the club at the moment is either for the benefit of the club or the benefit of the fans. You're not yeah. second-guessing anything that's going on. So that's, that's a, huge, a huge weight lifted off everyone's shoulders compared to the last regime and compared to the end of the regime before that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that, 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 like you say, it's, it's all about perspective. It's not the end of the world if we don't, if we don't go up this, this year. Would I like us to? Yes, of course <laughs> I would. Absolutely. But I can take, I know the club's in safe hands at the moment, and like you say, it will get better. Yeah, yeah. look, at the end of the day, right, the, the, the board um, and the people that are responsible for recruiting managers and get set, you know, setting the tone and the agenda and success, they'll be judged on it in time because, oh, and they'll and they'll either get it right or they won't. And then if they don't, then <laughs> it'll be on them, won't it? Well, that's the way it goes. At this stage in the development of the football club, they made an appointment, it didn't work. This appointment is now really, really important. So the, what I think what they've got a way up is, is it better off to stick with what they've got um, and arguably rock the boat a little bit less by giving it to Redfern and Thompson, or do they have a fantastic candidate lined up, ready to go? I would, it would suggest to me the fact that they've had six games that there isn't a fantastic candidate lined up, ready to go. But I think either way, it needs announcing and, and then everyone can just kind of focus on the rest of the season. So we'll see what happens. But uh, Andy, have you got the questions lined up for Aaron? I have. Aaron, are go. you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. This is the um, <laughs> this is the payoff in it for having to come on. For you get to come on the pod, you know, but you do have to sit through and uh, and face the lattice mind um, inquisition. So, if you're both ready, I'll crack on with the music. Which Jamaican forward did Latic sign on loan from Bolton Wanderers in November 2003? Jermaine Johnson. Correct. Gunnar Haller arrived in January 1991. Which midfielder arrived from Hibs on the same day? Pass. Who did Latic sell Tommy Wright to in the summer of 1989? Leeds United. Wrong, Leicester City. David Unsworth didn't quite manage a year in charge. Who was the last manager to achieve that milestone? Dino Maria. Wrong, it was Lee Johnson. Who was Jimmy Frizzell's ex-England coach as assistant? Pass. Who knocked Latics out of the FA Cup in 1993-94? Manchester United. Correct. Um, what colour was Latics awake here in 2014 15. White. Wrong. It was luminous yellow. Who was Latic's top scorer in 2011 12? 2011 12. Uh, Jesus. Um, pass. Uh, wh who did Chris Killen play international football for? New Zealand. Correct. Uh, 
Which country did Rodney Jack represent whilst playing Trinidad and Tobago? St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Which former Latics manager was Bobby Robson's assistant at Newcastle? Neil Warnock. Wrong, it was Mick Wadsworth. Who was top scorer for Latics in... Uh, oh, who was top scorer on La in Latics 2002-2003 playoff season? Uh, Wayne Andrews. Wrong, it was David Ayres. Who scored Latics' first goal in a 2-0 win at Scunthorpe in March 2018? Uh, March 2018. Piaggiani. It was Patrick McElhaney. You got through a mountain of questions there, Aaron. That, that, that is how to play this game, isn't it? Is you don't know it. Pass it. Pass if you don't know. You got through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. And no one's got through that many questions for. Now I've got a top oh, How many Top yes? of that leaderboard, then. <laughs> yeah, top of that leaderboard. Uh, you got three right, um, which is good. So that'll put, uh, that's, you know, more than good enough, average. How many passes did you have? You had one, two three passes in there I think uh, Gunnar Haller arrived in January 91 which midfielder arrived from Hibs on the same day Matt uh, Paul Bernard Paul Kane oh um, yeah Paul Kane yeah. who was Jimmy Frizzell's ex-England coach assistant Bill uh, Taylor who was top scorer for Latics in the 11-12 the flying Finn. oh, oh. Shefty yeah not bad though, Aaron. Three. Better than zero. It is. <laughs> Glass half full. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Glass half full, which is where we are with Latics, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah, definitely. Glass half full. Might That's as well be positive. Might as well be happy. You know, it's pointless moaning about it. It was one of the reasons we invited Aaron on. It's, it's, it's funny this, because we invite people on as fan guests when, they, when they've got, got a particular point of view on a topic. And then by the time we get them on the podcast, <laughs> that, that subject matters long gone. Um, yeah. I think Aaron was what was was like one of the lone voices at the point that the anti Unsworth out brigade were like at fever pitch, and Aaron was like, "Just chill out." Like, <laughs> yeah. like I think I think sometimes like got going back to it's easy to get we all get frustrated, don't we, at the games, and it's, it seems sometimes like there's a competition over who can get the angriest on Twitter about it, and you know it's it's I sometimes look at it, I think Jesus Christ, just it's, it is what it is. You can't you have no effect over it. So don't get so angry over it. Absolutely agree. And it's so, sometimes it's um, it's not as so much a competition. I agree with you, by the way. It's, it, I think it's not so much a competition. It's performative. So yeah. some people are going on to social media in a fit of rage because they're performing for everyone else to see them do it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. You just look like an absolute idiot, don't you? You look yeah. like a child who can't get it. I mean, my, my daughter does this in, in Asda's or whatever when I say no to her and she starts having this performance of rage, like, you can, I, can, I can't have that. And it's, it's a tantrum. It's an online tantrum. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to take a big chill pill, look at the wider picture. The club's in good hands. The right decisions are being made. We're moving forwards. Things will get better. The midfield will get better. The, the, the team will get better. And ultimately, once we're up there, we'll be at the top. We'll be everyone will come united. But what I do stand by is we overreact to, to, to we overreact to draws at home. I mean, we're unbeaten in six games. You know, we've won three. We've drawn three. Arguably, we should have won one or two more of those games, but still unbeaten in six. So you know. The FA Cup on Saturday, I think it'd be nice to go there and win, especially after last season's <laughs> absolute turgid performance at Accrington, uh, Altrincham. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, I, I just wanted to keep this unbeaten run going as well. I think it's important, yeah. even if it's in the FA Cup or whatever, let's keep this unbeaten run going. And then we've got then we've got Rochdale away. If you know, we, we turn them over at their place, the, 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 everyone's then positive again, aren't we? I mean, we're within touching distance now of the playoffs. And six games ago, we we I know it was still early in the season, and it's you see you see people saying, "Oh, no chance of the playoffs now." Still very early in the season, six games ago. If we win at Rochdale next week or the week after, everyone's totally, going. totally. Yeah. We've got loads of there's plenty of time. Totally, chance of getting in the playoffs is 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 well on. But like we, I think like we've got three away games now on the bounce local. We can sell them out. We can show. What we're, what we're all about, 
like get down to to, to Altrincham and Rochdale and, and filed, pack out the away end, make loads of noise, and let's win some away games and let's 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 get and hopefully have that uh, manager position permanently filled and. You know, let, let's push on, and, and hopefully the players will will rise to it. And um, you know, this season is not is not over. It's half it's half full, Andy. Thank you for listening to the Boundary Park Alert System, a QPod production hosted and produced weekly by Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell and Dave Bradley. QPod is Oldham's only dedicated podcast production company and if you'd like to learn more about how podcasting can help take your brand to the next level, visit kupod.co.uk. A huge thank you goes to all those people who subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. We really appreciate you all. Please visit oafcpodcast.co.uk and click be a supporter or find the link in the show notes if you'd like to help us fund the show it's only 2.99 per month to subscribe but if you'd rather make a one-off donation please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash oafc podcast or click the link on our website don't miss the latix football phone in every wednesday live from 8 30 p.m please visit youtube.com forward slash at oafc podcast and do hit subscribe while you are there you can also follow and interact with us on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok at oafc podcast Big thanks go to Eileen Finnegan for writing our excellent weekly blog, which we encourage you to read on our website every Saturday morning, and also to Paul Prendergast for providing us with all the Latics Mind questions. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion, and for more information, visit bandcamp.com forward slash red laser records. If you'd like to be a guest or contribute to the show, we would love to hear from you. Until then, see you next time. Uh...